Welcome to the Finding True Health podcast, episode number 12. I've been putting off this episode for a few weeks because I just needed a little bit of time to cool off, but I think I'm ready to address this topic without getting too riled up. I try really hard, as you know, to keep things low drama in this podcast, but I have to warn you, this one might get a little more heated than usual, but again, I'll try to keep any rants to mini status. But before we begin, remember that this podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only. It is not a substitute for seeking individualized care from a qualified professional for your specific circumstances. All right, let's go ahead and get started. Hey there, friends. My name is Jenna Waite. I'm a registered dietitian, nutritionist, mother of five, and someone who's passionate about helping others find true health in the midst of diet culture and body objectification. Join me as we take our focus off of weight and body size and put it on to becoming the healthiest possible versions of ourselves so that we can have energy to live our best lives. I'm so excited you're here. Now let's dive in. Hello, everybody. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Are you wearing green so that you don't get pinched? I know my kids take full advantage when I forget to wear green on St. Patrick's Day, so I'm always pretty careful to make sure I'm wearing green. All right, today I'm going to do my best to explain the concept of health at every size, sometimes referred to as HAES because of its acronym H-A-E-S. Now there's a fair amount of confusion around this topic, so I'll be going over what HAES is as well as what it is not. And I have to say, from my somewhat limited experience in the fat activism and body liberation space, there's quite a bit of strong emotion and drama from all sides of the debate here. And it's completely understandable why this is the case. There are people who have very strong opinions and feelings about physical health and what that looks like. There are people who have been severely hurt and judged due to their body size And there are people trying to help in this space who are in more socially acceptable or smaller bodies and who don't fully understand the lived experiences of those in larger bodies. So I just want to preface this episode with saying I don't claim to be an expert in this space. I live in a pretty socially acceptable body right now, and I'm simply trying my hardest to clear up some common misconceptions for those who aren't very familiar with Hayes here. Okay, I want to jump in by sharing a couple of experiences I've had within the past few weeks that illustrate some of the frustration that I feel around this topic and what led me to record this podcast episode. The same day we found out about Russia invading Ukraine recently, I got some other fairly disturbing news about another war brewing. This one is within my field of dietetics. There seems to be a growing division between dietitians who practice from a weight-neutral, non-diet approach, and those who use the traditional weight-centric model most of us are familiar with. There also are lots of dietitians who agree with the weight-inclusive approach, but who are trapped working in a healthcare system that is still very focused on weight, which puts them in a really rough spot. I know my sister Kim was in that spot until she recently quit her job. And it can be tricky because you still want to make a difference and practice and help people. But again, you're kind of in this system that is still very focused on weight. But until recently, I didn't realize that the professional organization of which I'm a part, the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, seems to be choosing sides in this debate. 
A few weeks ago, the Academy came out with the, quote, new medical nutrition therapy recommendations for weight management. I put quotes around the word new because the recommendations are pretty much the same old advice to encourage clients to eat less and move more. Again, these are messages we've been hearing for years and years and that many studies have now proven to be unsustainable and even harmful in the long run. But those recommendations weren't super surprising because that's kind of been, again, they're not new. It's what they've recommended for a while. But the real kicker came when I read the final point. And it said, for adults with overweight or obesity, it is suggested that RDNs not use a health at every size or non-diet approach to improve BMI and other cardiometabolic outcomes or quality of life. This is the first time I'm aware of that the Academy specifically calls out Hayes and discourages dietitians from using the framework. Even though many, many dietitians and their clients are seeing tremendous success and improved health, both mental and physical health, with this approach. So there's a lot I could say in response to the Academy's statement, but I guess the thing that kind of irks me the most is that Hayes has nothing to do with weight loss. Dietitians who subscribe to the weight-neutral approach don't help people with weight management or intentional weight loss because we believe that weight is not a behavior and therefore it can't be, quote, managed. So specifically calling out haze, in my opinion, is completely unnecessary and really quite confusing here. A day or two after hearing about this news from the Academy, I went to a marketing conference and I had another somewhat frustrating experience. We were doing some speed networking and at one point I started chatting with a middle-aged man, we'll call him Bob, and Bob asked what my business was all about. And I quickly explained that I help women create healthy habits from an intuitive eating and health at every size approach. And he then stopped me in the middle of my next sentence and said, is that really a thing? And I said, what, health at every size? And he said, yeah, I mean, I know it's like a social movement or whatever, but obviously it's unhealthy to be fat. So how can that really be a thing? Now, it's a valid question and one that I'm sure most people have when they first hear the term health at every size. I mean, we've all grown up hearing over and over about the, quote, dangers of obesity. But the way in which Bob posed the question and the tone in his voice came off as a little bit arrogant and a little bit argumentative. And I don't know, maybe I was just misreading him, but he kind of got me a little bit frustrated. And we only had about two minutes to talk. So I hurriedly tried to explain to him what Hayes meant. After our two minutes were up, the group moderator said, all right, everybody move to the next seat. Well, I wasn't anywhere near finished defending my position to Bob. And nobody was coming over to my seat. So I just kept talking. And the moderator kept saying, Jenna, move, Jenna, move. (laughs) So I was a little bit frustrated again by Bob's attitude and even more frustrated that I couldn't properly, didn't have the time to properly explain Hayes to him and what it really was. So maybe Bob will happen upon this podcast episode someday and he can get my full explanation of what Hayes is. But even if he doesn't, hopefully I'll help you get a better understanding of this concept because obviously there's a lot of confusion about what help that every size is and whether or not it's a helpful framework. So I hope, again, to clear up some of that confusion today. So in a nutshell, Hayes is a social justice movement that aims to support people of all sizes and backgrounds in having access to resources to support their health. Hayes activists work to end weight-based discrimination 
bias, and harmful weight loss practices within healthcare and other health-related industries. So let me give you just a little brief um, history of Hayes. The fat acceptance movement actually began way back in the 1960s when a number of people began advocating that because our culture was putting more and more emphasis on unrealistic beauty standards, this was causing negative health and psychological repercussions to fat people. There were a few books that supported the Hayes and non-diet approach written in the 1980s, but the movement really began gaining a little more traction at the turn of of the century. In 2003, The Health at Every Size, or Hayes, name and approach became a registered trademark of a nonprofit organization called the Association for Size Diversity and Health. We refer to them as ASDA. The movement began gaining even more steam in 2008 after the book titled Health at Every Size was written by Linda Bacon, who now goes by Lindo Bacon. So according to ASDA, the framing for a Hayes approach comes out of discussions among healthcare workers, consumers, and activists who reject both the use of weight, size, or BMI as proxies for health and the myth that weight is a choice. The Hayes model is an approach to both policy and individual decision-making. It also helps people find sustainable practices that support individual and community well-being. They go on to say the health at every size approach is a continuously evolving alternative to the weight-centered approach to treating clients and patients of all sizes. It is also a movement working to promote size acceptance, to end weight discrimination, and to lessen the cultural obsession with weight loss and thinness. The Hayes approach promotes balanced eating, life-enhancing physical activity, and respect for the diversity of body shapes and sizes. ASDA actually revised its principles in 2013, and so now they, they go by kind of five different principles of Hayes. And these principles are number one, weight inclusivity. This means to accept and respect the inherent diversity of body shapes and sizes, to reject the idealizing or pathologizing of specific weights, and they recognize that people come in all shapes and sizes, and they re- also recognize that thin privilege is a real problem in our country. They say Hayes suggests that an appropriate healthy weight cannot be determined by a set of numbers on an ideal height and weight chart or associated BMIs or body fat percentages, but only by observing the weight at which an individual's body settles as he or she stops dieting and strives toward living a fulfilled, meaningful life. The second principle of Hayes is health enhancement. This means they support health policies that improve and equalize access to information and services and personal practices that improve human well-being and their needs. The third principle of Hayes is respectful care. Hayes acknowledges our biases and works to end weight discrimination, weight stigma, and weight bias. They provide information and services from an understanding that socioeconomic status, race, gender, sexual orientation, age, and other identities impact weight stigma and support environments that address these inequities. The fourth principle is eating for well-being. Hayes promotes flexible, individualized eating based on hunger, satiety, and nutritional needs and pleasure rather than any externally regulated eating plan focused on weight control. And finally, the fifth principle is life-enhancing movement. Hayes supports physical activities that allow people of all sizes, abilities, and interests to engage in enjoyable movement to to the degree that they choose.
So now that we know what essentially what haze is, let's talk about what it is not, which is, I think, again, where a lot of the confusion comes up. Because we've been fed the message that fat equals unhealthy for so long, a lot of people think that if we don't focus on weight and weight loss, we're promoting unhealthy behaviors and unhealthy weight gain. But that's actually the opposite of what haze is. It is not about giving up on your health. In fact, the very first word in haze is health. It's health at every size. Haze-aligned dietitians and practitioners and personal trainers, etc., put their focus and emphasis on evidence-based lifestyle behaviors that can improve health no matter someone's weight. In fact, research has shown that nearly all of the risk factors we normally associate with excess weight, such as type 2 diabetes, hypertension, certain types of cancers, COPD, blood lipids, uh, heart disease, sleep disorders, and more, can all be reversed or completely eliminated through healthy lifestyle changes And here's the punchline, whether or not weight changes at all. And this just goes to show that it's the behaviors that also often lead to excess weight gain that are the problem and not the actual weight itself. Also, health at every size does not mean that everybody can be physically healthy at any size. Though, again, remember that physical health is only one aspect of health. For many people, adopting healthier lifestyle changes may very well lead to their bodies becoming a smaller size. In her book, Wellness Not Weight, uh, Evelyn, sorry, Ellen Glofsky clarifies that the Hayes approach does not suggest that all people are at a weight that is healthiest for their circumstances. What it strongly suggests is that the movement toward a healthier lifestyle will, over time for most people, produce a weight that is healthy for that person. And finally, haze is not a denial of the importance of self-care. Again, Ellen Glofsky says, haze does not imply ignoring health risks and medical problems. On the contrary, it strongly acknowledges that a person's experience with weight and health is part of a complex, dynamic interplay of social, emotional, ecological, and spiritual, as well as physical factors. So what does the research say? Well, I have to admit, studies are still small in number because the amount of funding given to health at every size studies are a tiny, tiny fraction of the amount of funding given to obesity and weight loss studies. But so far, studies are really promising. They show the benefits of haze are improved blood pressure, lower blood lipids, increased physical activity, improved body image, reduced metabolic risk factors and reduced eating disorder behaviors. Those are huge. And another really, really important thing to note is that not a single study to date has found adverse changes or greater weight gain by taking this haze approach, by taking the focus off of weight. We are not seeing people suddenly gain a bunch of weight. So if you're still struggling with the concept of health at every size, I want you to listen to the stories of two different 40-year-old women. We're going to call them Tammy and Sarah. Now, these are made-up scenarios, but they're based on real women, and I guarantee that there are many, many Tammies and Sarahs out there in the world. So first, Tammy. Tammy wears plus-sized clothing. She's considered obese on BMI charts. When Tammy was just a child, she began dieting because she was tired of getting picked on for her weight by other kids. Since then, she's been on multiple diets, during which she usually lost some weight, but it always came back plus some. 
But the last year, Tammy decided that she was done dieting and wreaking havoc on her metabolism. And so over the past year, she's put all of her focus onto loving and accepting her body and adding sustainable habits to her life. Tammy goes walking for 30 minutes, five to six days a week. She listens really closely to her body and tries hard to eat when she's hungry and stop when she's full. She enjoys treats on occasion, and she might even overdo it once in a while on sugar and treats. But for the most part, she eats a really balanced diet full of healthful foods that fuel her body and give her plenty of energy. She also tries hard to get adequate sleep, to limit the stress in her life, and to find plenty of time to spend with her loved ones and to nourish herself spiritually as well. Since adding these healthy lifestyle behaviors into her life, Tammy has dropped a little bit of weight, but due to years of dieting and deprivation, her body just doesn't seem to feel safe letting go of the rest of its excess weight. And she also takes medications that are known to cause weight gain. Tammy's labs look great. She has low blood pressure, low blood lipids, no underlying conditions other than a little bit of chafing due to some the excess weight that she carries. So I ask you, is Tammy healthy? Or is she not allowed to be considered healthy until she reaches some arbitrary weight on a chart that doesn't know her body type or genetics or life circumstances, etc.? Now let's look at Sarah. Sarah also used to be, quote, obese on BMI charts, but she lost weight by following a low-calorie food plan, and she's now considered to be a, quote, normal weight on the BMI charts. Like Tammy, Sarah also has a regular exercise routine, but she finds that she has to exercise about one to two hours a day to maintain her current weight, which requires her to wake up extra early to fit this in, so she often loses sleep. This excessive exercising also often leads to injuries and lots of strain on her body. Also, in order to maintain her weight loss, Sarah still has to eat about 1,200 to 1,500 calories a day, which she tracks every day on her food app. And it's not unusual for Sarah to feel hungry throughout the day, tired, and a little bit grouchy due to her low food intake and her high energy expenditure. Sarah's blood pressure and lipid profile look good. But she finds that a large chunk of her day is spent working out, planning and obsessing over her food, and worrying about one of her biggest fears, which is gaining the weight back. Because of this, Sarah finds it difficult to make time to spend with loved ones or to work on her hobbies. Is Sarah healthy? Is she more healthy than Tammy because she's maintained an acceptable BMI range? You see the issue here. Now, I know that these aren't the only optional scenarios, but... This is the problem with judging someone's health on their body size or BMI category and of putting that emphasis on the weight. And many times, Sarah is actually someone who has developed an eating eating disorder in an effort to stay thin. So it can go a lot more extreme than the scenario I gave you. This is why it's so important to ask, what is, quote, health anyways? You can go back and listen to episode number two to hear how I define true health ASDA affirms a holistic definition of health, which they say cannot be characterized as simply the absence of physical or mental illness, limitation, or disease. Rather, health exists on a continuum that varies with time and circumstances for each individual. And again, we cannot exclude people's mental and emotional and social and environmental health when we're talking about their physical health as well. So hopefully this episode helps clear up Any confusion that you might have had regarding health at every size. 
I really have a hard time understanding why anybody would be opposed to the idea of more inclusivity, better care, and less stigma geared towards people in larger bodies. But I do think a lot of the problem just comes with people not really understanding what this movement, what this philosophy is. I want to leave you with one more quote from ASDA that helps sum up why I am a proponent of Hayes and of this fat liberation movement. They say, our culture's declared, quote, war on obesity has resulted in significant harm to individuals across the size spectrum, both physically and emotionally and socially, through declination of health care coverage, denial of routine health screening procedures, and increased stigmatization. Measures of body weight and size do not accurately reflect an individual's health status and often lead to ineffective interventions rather than efforts to enhance health and wellness. And as you know, health is important to me, and anything that prevents people from enjoying true health really needs to be examined and fixed, in my opinion. But again, that's just my opinion. You get to decide what true health means to you and if this Hayes framework resonates with you or not. Either way, thank you so much for joining me and for taking the time to become more educated on this issue. I really, really appreciate when people try to learn before they jump to conclusions or make assumptions about what something is. So fantastic job. Thank you again. Have a fabulous day and I will talk to you soon. Do you want to ditch diets and eat more intuitively, but you're just not sure how? Well, I have a course designed just for you. Health Through Habits is where intuitive eating meets habit formation. It's a step-by-step guide for turning the principles of intuitive eating into doable, sustainable habits in your life so you can become the healthiest possible version of yourself. This is where the magic happens, my friends. This is how true health is achieved. You're not going to want to miss out on this life-changing course, so head on over to healththroughhabits.com to check it out.